Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 187 of Getting It Out Podcast. My daughter Mazzy is sitting here with me again. Mazzy, what did you think about that song? I didn't like it. You didn't like it? Do you know where it came from? No. Indonesia. Some people emailed me that song from Indonesia. The song was called Imprison. The band is Humanoid. They're a metallic hardcore band. Do you like metallic hardcore? Nope. Never. Never in my life. <laughs> Never in your life? Do you think there's a chance that maybe someday you'll like nope. metallic hardcore? Wow, you're pretty serious about that. What would you prefer to hear? I don't know. Just anything else? Not that? Anything else. Not rock. Not rock. One of these days I'm going to get you to like bands with guitars. No, no, I'm not going to force it on you. No, you're not. You're already doing it. No, I'm not. I'm just getting your opinion. <laughs> All right, well, do you know what's cool about that song, even if you don't like the way it sounds? What? Is that these guys emailed it to me and asked me to play it. Okay, and I love when that happens because that means people from all over the world send me songs because they want to hear it on the podcast. They're asking to be played on the podcast. And I think that is a very cool thing. It's a really neat way to be able to help people out that you don't know because people work really hard on their songs and their music. And uh, sometimes they don't get the chance to play them for other people so I can play them for other people. So that that's at least pretty cool, right? Maybe, sort of. Yes, that's cool. It's just helping people out, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so um, do you know what I'm going to do in this episode? No, I never do. Well, I have an interview with a guy I've talked to before. His name is Peter Kowalski. He's in the band Ether Coven. Do you know where he lives? No. I don't either, but I think it's Florida. Do you know what's in Florida? No. Kangaroos? Kangaroos? There might be. There's a lot of wild stuff there. Alligators for sure. Um, tarantulas? Probably tarantulas. It's basically like the Australia of America. I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't like that. But Disneyland's there. Disney World is there. Right? Too many bugs. Too many bugs. All right. Well, um, I don't like bugs. You don't like bugs. But you do like cicada shells. Kind of. Okay. Well, um, I do think you should consider writing a rap song one no. day. Do you know that I did? Thank you, I've done it. You don't think I ever did? No. Well, listen to this. You know, when I started doing a podcast, I thought I found my calling. But there's something more. There's a little something more I think I can reach into. I got a little more in me. I need to get it out. Just like the podcast. It's Getting It Out rap song from the Getting It Out podcast. And it feels powerful. I think you feel it too. I think you feel it too. There's certain things that need to be said Because I was thinking about it a lot lately What exactly was I was thinking about? We'll have to break it down here Just a little bit for you I was sitting at home trying to relax When I realized a podcast needs a rap It sound way better with Nate Dogg back But I gotta spit quick on these Amish cats For big horse of shit on rumble strips Zeb sits back with a hundred kids But I know how shallow that gene pool is So what did he do with his cripple kin? How do you tell the time at night When the sun don't shine on the dial bright While Von Scott lives the hard rock life Singing on the streets underneath the lights I got grocery lists of shit I don't like Gonna run them by old Mike on ice And like cops have a day with the butt drug tips This podcast will flip your lids so that's what I sing about 
on the song for the podcast It's getting it out Have you been? Have you been in the last year or so? Since since let's go like this. Since since January of 2020, what's up? Uh, what have you heard exactly? Well, I know or you. Seen. I know. Well, I know you, you got diagnosed with cancer, right? And, yeah. And then we all lived through COVID. So those are the things that I know that's happened to you since then. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, oh yeah, because I didn't. I didn't. Um, I knew that I had cancer, but I didn't. Um, I didn't announce it to the world until my friend put up that GoFundMe, and then that's kind of like how it came out. So, right, um, it wasn't anything like I was trying to uh, like have everybody know all my business stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we toured for a month, came home, and then uh, you know I had my surgery. We played a show, like a benefit show, um, and then I had my surgery, and then. Uh, my second surgery, I should say. And then um, I think not even on my second treatment, I think. Uh, first or second treatment was when they started talking about <clears throat> COVID and how everything was going to start shutting down. And uh, a bunch of tours got canceled soon after. And, you know, so we were supposed to go to the West Coast of Zayo and um, that got canceled. Cause, right. You know, I, I thought I was going to have to cancel it because cancel stuff. And then uh, it ended up having to get canceled because of COVID stuff. Um, so basically there was no better time to get cancer and go through treatment as shitty as it sounds there's no better time to do it than when COVID was happening right because you can't you know, do anything else anyway yeah exactly so wow. everybody was like you know isolated I was a little more isolated kind of I would say um, but um, yeah so that's kind of you know I started working again at the end of last year um and I said, like, when I was in treatment, I was like, yeah, man, I'm not trying to work like fucking, you know, like an asshole like I was, like five days a week, six days a week. Um, so while I was in treatment, I was working like two days a, a week um, on the weeks that I didn't have treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, the weeks that I did have treatment, I didn't work at all because uh, there was no, no chance that was happening. Yeah. Um, so I was working like two days a week for like the last, you know, however long. And then I picked up uh, a doctor I worked with, um, opened up her own practice. So I started working with her uh, like two days a week, and now it's like three days a week. And sometimes I'm working an extra. So now I'm back to being an asshole working all goddamn week. Hey, four, like, like an idiot. Even if it's four days a week, though, that's pretty. That's a that's a pretty good deal. Just to get rid of one yeah. of those days. That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I go out of town a lot and whatnot. So I mean, I end up it ends up evening out anyway. So right, right. What yeah. do you do that you can work but, two um, days a fucking week? I'm a vet tech. Oh, okay. Right. So, yeah. Well, I was doing reception um, at a veterinary clinic, but um, typically I'm a vet tech, animal nurse person. Um, not like I make crazy good money or anything, but um, I just have minimal bills and whatnot. Right. So right. I don't really, you know, yeah. Well, that's that's awesome. I mean, and I, I didn't know that about you, but that goes along with the uh, with you. You've always been, as far as I know, uh, an animal rights guy. So that makes makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, you would think it would be more prevalent in the industry, uh, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I work with one other person that's vegan. He's mostly vegan. He's like a freegan. Uh, he's awesome. But if there's like someone brings in cookies or something, he's having some. But he'll never like order <laughs> anything or like pay money for stuff that's vegan or the stuff that's not vegan. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you would think it would be like, you know, more of a big deal to people. But I mean, a lot of people see pets uh, not as like, you know, they don't look at them in the same uh, playing field as like uh, an animal that's going to be killed for food. Right, um, right, right. Which I mean, it's, it's fair. That's not that's not an accident that those things happen. Um, but I mean, when you look in the eyes of a fucking pig and you look in the eyes of a dog, they're the same eyes. You know what I mean? So, yeah, gotcha. it's uh, you know, what's up? Uh, no, I said I got you. I understand. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you I mean, I, we might have gone over this before already too. Um, vegan for like most of your, the majority of your life at this point, I'd imagine, right? No, uh, no, I think I went I went vegetarian when I was like 19, and then I think I went vegan when I was 22 or 23, maybe, maybe 22, um, and then, so that was 18 years ago now. That's pretty close, um, though. That's a, that's a pretty... Yeah, I mean, almost <laughs> half my life, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, been, well, it's been something, um, from, from my perspective, that, well, at least the vegetarianism and the veganism and straight edge stuff that you were saying years ago when I was a kid... Um, I don't know how much of that is, per, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how much people hold on to that or keep doing it. I don't know where you're at with any of that. Don't need to know, but the yeah, but it's but it's interesting to see. Well, it's cool. It's cool. Even somebody who isn't any of those things to see people that stick to them. Yeah, I mean that's like uh, I can understand like people not wanting to be straight edge anymore because like I'm sure weed's tight. Like I don't I don't fuck with it. Um, I did have a break glass in case emergency type uh, weed. Uh, chocolate thing that I had in my freezer just in case uh, my treatment went completely wrong. Yeah. And um, but I never I never used it. I felt real weird about it. Um, but yeah, I never had to. But I mean, I imagine like people trying to do like LSD or mushrooms. Like fucking sick, dude. Like go live your life, man. Do that <laughs> shit in here. Um, but like you know, I've never done it. I still don't. I'm just like that old asshole that's just stuck in his ways. Um, and you know, I I can't like start smoking weed as a fucking 40 year old you know what i mean like that's weird like i would have had to start like at least 15 years ago for it to make sense um but yeah i mean as far as videos goes, it's not necessarily like i don't think that's something you grow out of yeah uh it's just something i think it's easier to get away from if your intentions aren't pure i feel like it's easier to get away from it if you're not surrounded by like-minded people and you know people grow up and they you know move away from uh those type you know uh, subcultures of things and oftentimes it comes down to something like that and uh, you know they become like a real person again back into the world like a free range human just uh, eating whatever and having you know <laughs> barbers as friends and lawyers as friends and you know all walks of life that don't necessarily subscribe to uh, you know a vegan lifestyle or animal friendly lifestyle per se um, but I mean it, it's at, at this point it's 2021 now uh, it's like the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah. Um, and it's so crazy. They just keep coming out with all these new products. Um, when I was like a little kid and like trying to vegetarian and vegan and stuff, there was like nothing. There was like two options. And I right. almost missed that because, uh, I weighed way less than I do now. And I didn't have a bunch of options to choose from. So it didn't take long to order anything. 
now it's like I'm going to a vegan restaurant or a place that has like a vegan menu. I'm just like, all right, man, this is a whole situation. Like now I got to ask a million questions, which one's better? And just like this whole <laughs> argument with myself about what I want to get. Um, you know, so in ways it was much easier when there weren't that many options. But I mean, but you know, good, I'm, good problem to have, I suppose, though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's like they got all kinds of crazy treats. They got chickens. Um, <laughs> all kinds of just like new wild shit. Like there's like a vegan bakery or a place that has vegan options in definitely in every major city in like podunk towns as well. Um, so it's uh, it's definitely a great problem to have. For well, sure. now that you're, you're mentioning the vegan bakery, I feel like the one thing that we talked about because I'm in Pennsylvania is that you talked about vegan treats in I don't yeah, know, where is that? Allentown, something like that, around there maybe. I don't know. Bethlehem. I've never been. Bethlehem. All right, close enough. Yeah, I think Jesus opened it up or something. Yeah. <laughs> I heard, but, well, um, so before for and and you, we do not have to go down this road at all or any further. But uh, just just out of curiosity, was it a for someone who's been you know, straight edge vegan, for vegetarian, whatever, for so long, was it like a shock to you that you ended up with cancer? Um, I want to say, I want to say it was. I mean, it would be a shock to also, anybody, right? But because of those, like you know, the, those choices yeah. you made. I mean, the kind of cancer that I had was very much uh, like a freak occurrence. Like it's one of the most rare cancers, I guess. Uh, like point zero one percent of like a million people get it. Wow. From what I understand, I don't know right. if that's, you know, if I'm still quoting that correctly, but um, it's super rare, and um, it's not from anything diet-related. It's not from anything gene-related, because mm-hmm. I took some gene tests and came back, and it was like, yeah, no, this has nothing. So it's just like a freak occurrence, um, and I just, uh, you know, was happened to be the lucky one to get it. So um, It's got to be yeah, someone. I mean, it, yeah, I spent, I spent a lot of my adult years, like, avoiding many things. Um, to avoid cancer, and here we go, boom, there it is, right there. And it's, uh, you know, it's definitely a weird, tricky road to navigate, like, because um, I never had, like, surgeries before, I've never been in the house, I've never been admitted to a hospital before, um, and all this just kind of, like, came crashing down um, to the umpteenth degree, so I'm having, you know, my first surgery was, like, absolutely insane, and uh, I guess they pump air into you during surgery in order to like open you up without having to like open you up and all that like air and the gas stays in there so anytime you breathe after surgery it's an unreal pain and just like hurts to breathe and the 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 deeper the breath the more it hurts um and you know uh dick catheters and stuff i'm sure you know sounds people listening to this eventually will uh (laughs) know what that's like and it is awful um, I screamed at the nurse for sure because I was like, how, on a scale from one to ten, how much have you heard this hurts? And she was like, oh, like a four. And I was like, <laughs> all right, let's find out. And she stuck this thing in there, and I, I was like, you know, I, I cursed at her or something. And then she pulled it out, and I was like, I'm sorry for cursing at you and yelling at you, but just a heads up when anybody asks what, on a scale from one to ten how much that hurts, you fucking tell them a ten because that was terrible. Um, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, I had to deal with that, and then I had the second surgery, and that one wasn't as bad as the first. Um, coming out of the surgery after the first one, uh, I like, couldn't walk, really, for, like, five fucking days. Yeah. Um, I was walking, like, a super geriatric 100,000-year-old man on his deathbed um, just because everything fucking hurt. Um, but, um, yeah, the second surgery wasn't nearly as bad. Um, there was a bigger cut, so I have, like, 
gnarly scars on my belly and stuff. Um, and I look like I have two fucking belly buttons. Um, but aside from that, I mean, you know, once the once the cancer thing happens, uh, at that point, surgeries don't fucking matter. And you're like, oh, shit, I have cancer. Great. I still have cancer. And now I have to do this chemotherapy treatment solid. And, like, I've had, you know, my mom had cancer, uh, breast cancer. My aunt had cancer, and she died uh, when I was a child. So I've seen, like, what it does to people, and that's, like, the scariest shit. But nothing really prepares you for what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see it all you want. You can hear all the things, the side effects that they tell you, the doctors and whatnot. Um, but you're never truly prepared for what happens uh, until you go through it. And it's uh, a hell unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a fucking crazy thing. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through it. Are you, are you on the other side of it at this point? I think I think I that's saw what that. They you tell me. Yeah, I think I think I saw. Yeah, which... that's what they tell me. I have to go for scans. Like I have to go for blood work and scans. Like every three months. I think the scans are now every six months. Um, I had to have a colon, another colonoscopy. Um, just like maybe two months ago, that came back clear again. Um, yeah, it's crazy because like all my blood work that comes back, all my scans come back super clear. Um, but even like when I had cancer, um, my blood work still came back great. Uh, when I was on chemo, all my blood work came back great and your immune system supposed to be super compromised. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the doctor was like, yeah, you are like the healthiest person with cancer I've ever seen. And I was like, I- I'll take it, I guess that's weird, but cool. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I have scans next month and, uh, get to do it all again. And CT scans are pretty awful. I have, like, weird PTSD when it comes to, um, like, getting IV catheters and stuff because they, like, push saline uh, in the line. And every, it, you, even though it's going in your veins, you can taste it somehow. Yeah. yeah. And um, you've had this before? No, no, no. I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because they, they push the saline in the line and you taste it. And I have to bring, like, ginger candies with me cause, to, like, mask as much as possible the taste. Um because it just reminds me of being in the fucking hospital. Hmm. And uh, it was, like, such a traumatic experience that, like, it makes me so nauseous to even, like, taste it for a half a split second. Um, but, um, yeah, this is my life for the next few years until I think five years is the cutoff. But uh, the doctor technically said I was in remission. So, well, hey, that's that's great to come. I mean, yeah. for a year and a half or whatever it's been that, that I've known about, at least. That, that's, uh, that seems like a pretty... Yeah pretty uh pretty quick turnaround and hopefully it stays that yeah, way yeah I'm not, I'm not mad at it it's uh i mean i mean obviously i'm not too fucking thrilled about it of course but i mean it's the best <laughs> case not. scenario with the cards i've been dealt you know what i mean so yeah for sure well i mean let's uh i don't want you to, i don't want you to have to fucking go through or talk about all that again so let's go on to what we <laughs> were what, what we're supposed to be talking about because the last time i talked to you we were talking about everything is temporary except suffering and uh yeah. that was that was a full length that came. Was that that was Century Media, right? And, Correct. Um, and that had maybe had just come out. What was what was the release on that? That was January tenth, two thousand twenty. So yeah, so yeah. right around then. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised. I was a little bit surprised knowing knowing what you had going on in your personal life, knowing that we all just went through this or we're still going through this bullshit that we're going through. Um, that when you when when this language is the instrument of the empire dropped, I was like, where the fuck did this come from? I wasn't expecting this. Was that the idea? Um, kind of. Um, so we recorded it 
a few years ago, 2017, was the when we originally recorded it. We had to change some things around on the recording. Some mistakes had to get fixed. Um, so we were under contract with Central Media, and it, we were putting it up for um, you know pre-order and stuff. And then we got signed, and then they were like, "Yeah, no, you can't put this out." It was just like sweet. So we shelved it until we were able to release it. And we, as soon as we were able to release it, we sent it to the plant, um, finalized the layout, got everything situated. Um, so because there were those mistakes on the record, um, we wanted to, uh, you know, drop it as a surprise uh, without really promoting it before it came out. Uh, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's been crazy because uh, I've, like, we're not a big band by any stretch, <clears throat> but uh, since that this EP just come out, and it's an EP, so it's kind of like I mean, some people prefer EPs, some people prefer full length. Yeah, I prefer full length. I do too, personally. Yeah. Um, but the reception on this EP has been like insane. Like surprisingly, like people that I'm friends with that never, ever, ever mentioned my band before um, are like, "Oh, this is a uh, this is really something." Like you know, um, and it just got a lot of praise for something that's half old. Um, and it's an EP and it's a, it's definitely, you know, left the center for sure. Um, but it, it's awesome. Like it, I couldn't be happier with how, you know, people have been, are taking it. Uh, cause it is, it, we're, none of nothing we ever release is like an easy pill to swallow. And I, we're totally fine with that. We totally understand it. Right. Um, and this is no exception, obviously. Uh, you know, all, every song is like seven and a half minutes, eight minutes. Um, the first song super light the second song is like light and super heavy and the last song is just balls out heavy um, and uh, you know we try to make it a pretty fluid record and um, I think we did an okay job uh, the songs are always because we listen back to them ever since they were recorded and there's something that just hits different about them to us at least mm -hmm. and I guess it resonates with other people too so um, you know it's uh, come out pretty well we couldn't couldn't be bummed about you know any bummed about it. It's pretty it's, solid. They definitely feel like at least when I first started listening to it, without any knowledge of it being like a an older recording, like when I'm listening to with a certain sorrow in our eyes, like when I'm first listening, it's like this is, it feels way way sadder than the other shit. And uh, like you said, it's mm -hmm. a little lighter too. Not that not not that anything you've done so far has been happy go lucky. You know what I mean? But but yeah, the, but yeah. the, but there was just a uh, I don't know more morose kind of vibe with it. And uh, like you said, it's a little mm -hmm. lighter. But then as the as the EP progresses, it gets significantly heavier. Um, mm -hmm. This whole thing, um, I don't know. Like it's that. So I, I I guess I was still thinking you ether coven was a century media band but that's that when did that when did that stop um i want to say maybe six months ago um yeah i think about six months ago so we, it was just a one and done thing decided. yeah yeah still pretty fucking cool but 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 now i yeah, see no, that i'm mad about it now i see that this is and i at first i thought this was self-released and then i saw there's a label behind it but then i figured out that it's is this label you horned and blind yes yes so it's just kind of like uh, we put the tape version of everything is temporary out and we put this out um, in a perfect world and bands can start touring again full time and whatnot. Um, and, you know, I would, I would love to start putting out bands that are on brand with, you know, anything relatively similar to us right. uh, through this label slash faux label. Um, 
just because I have a lot of friends that are in insane bands that don't get the recognition that they deserve. Um, and they, they do, you know, they tour often enough, um, maybe not full time, but just a lot of bands that do real cool stuff and play insane shit that just, they they don't get the recognition they deserve. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, we did it ourselves and, um, which was the, which was what we were doing, uh, the first time around when we right. had it up for pre-order, everything was ourselves. Um, our next record will be on a label. Um, we actually just finished writing it, um, and we go to Chicago at the end of October to record. So ah, nice. And it's going to be probably 10 songs, maybe 11 songs, but as of right now, it's looking like 10. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything... Once everything's ready to go and the pre-orders are about to go up and a video's up or something, then everything gets announced and whatnot. But until then, um, pretty amped um, to be a small fish uh, in a medium-sized pond. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I hear Um, In stark contrast to what we have previously been. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you you mentioned that these songs in this EP, I guess, in in its entirety was was done a while ago and uh, that there were some mistakes on it. Um, did you did you fix these mistakes? Did you say that? Did you fix them, or is they are they in there? Because yeah. if they're in there, I don't hear anything. Oh no, the mistakes have been fixed and changed. And um, were they bad yeah, enough that totally somebody good. that's not familiar with the songs would have actually noticed them? Um, that's a good question. I'm not really sure how to answer that. <laughs> um, so taking the diplomatic approach, I just have to say that there are two big mistakes that have been fixed. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, well, not, not not mistakes as big as that, but I used to always joke with uh, with guys I was in a band with before um, about when, when we would fuck up. You know, like who gives a shit? Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows our fucking songs. Nobody, nobody's ever yeah, heard these things before. That too. Like just, but yeah, but um, but yeah, very these, much that too. These these things these three these three tracks sound like a finished product as obviously they are now. Did, so did you have to did you go back and re-record the the whole thing in its entirety or is this no pieces? Um, and actually, some things actually a couple things got um, because it, there was so much time and the person we uh, the person the engineer that we went through the first time was also the engineer that we re-recorded some of the stuff with the second time. But in that time, a few things got lost in the shuffle because he moved locations and moved studios and moved computers and stuff. Um, so actually, Brian Hillhouse was actually supposed to be on the, like the opening vocal on the whole thing, and something happened and it was gone. So unfortunately, we weren't able to get back that back, and we didn't even notice it until it was too late. Uh, and I had the test press in my possession, um, and it was just like, ah, oh, fuck, what are we gonna do here? Um, so that sucks. That's a. a absolute deeper right and if i realized that i would have had him redo it or whatever um and uh, a couple other vocal things were missing um but i mean overall it's you know it's almost exactly as it was supposed to be uh, but yeah we re-recorded some parts um uh, earlier this year i think in march maybe um but all the guitars and all the all of my vocals are exactly the same all the bass is the same and um, yeah, so everything else was changed. Nice. Well, you yeah, mentioned you mentioned Brian Hillhouse, whose name I know from Seraphim, and they had that yes. awesome record, "The Light in the Distance" on A three eight nine. Yeah, a few that years record ago. is a fucking yeah. That thing, I, it's insane 
how great that band was and um that record is sitting in front of, of that me. Record, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm I just pulled it off the shelf in front of me. It's literally right in front of where I sit. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that yeah, the the drummer for that band was is one of my best friends, um, and we're super close with Brian Hillhouse, obviously. Um, right. Funny story. I don't mean to get off topic here. No, please um, don't. And not 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 to get super dark here, but um, I actually uh, actually asked Brian Hillhouse if anything happened to me. Uh, you know, cancer wise. Yeah. Um, and if I, if I died super early to finish whatever songs we had and with my band and do them and have him sing and, you know, add whatever he, you know, collab and whatnot. Um, so if I died, Brian Hillis would have been the singer of ether essentially. Well, that's, that's quite a, quite a, a uh, lot of trust. That's not the word I'm looking for, but that's a, that's quite an honor to tell somebody take over, take over, take my place. Yeah. And, you know, and, that's the only person I can think of that I would want to do it really because I feel like we have like similar visions and he's like a crazy creative genius and I don't know if you've heard his work with uh, the animals comfort I but have it's like I have crushing not. I have not you know, there's like two he, EPs up I, I like I said I really loved the Seraphim stuff there was the seven inch well I was a big A three eight nine guy too like uh, everything. I was like yeah, real close perfect. to that label, yeah. like like lived like literally lived in the house of the label. But anyway, so uh, awesome. so the like I love the the seven inch and then the then the the light in the distance, of course. But uh, they lost me with the serif, the light thing. I got I, it was too much for me at the time. It was I was it was probably yeah. a little too goonish. It was you know late twenties, couldn't handle it. It was too much for me. It got it got a little too arty for me. I don't even remember what it sounded like. I just remember the concept was too much for me to handle. I couldn't handle it. So I but I got yeah, I, I got to jump in for the animal comfort. Yeah, animal comfort is fucking wonderful. Uh, I think Seraph Light. I don't think Brian Hillhouse sang anymore. Um, I'm not sure too much logistics on that, um, but I know when they did the not the split the collaboration with Axis. Yeah, that was a crusher. Because that was very much truer to uh, Seraphim uh, than what they did after that, and that thing was fucking crazy. And, and you know, if Axis is part of it, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, but that collaboration was like a total crusher. Um, but yeah, the, the light in the distance. Like I listened to that record so many times, I can't even tell you. Um, actually, one of our first shows was with them in a record store uh, called Radioactive in Fort Lauderdale, um, down here, and. Um, I think well, we had a we had a standalone singer at the time, and I think he couldn't make it for some reason, so we just played instrumental. But um, yeah, so Seraph uh, Seraph played that show is awesome, and um, I've known Warren the drummer um, since like I don't even know maybe 2004 from like shows in Memphis, and he used to be in a band called Choices Made, a hardcore band that yeah. was like a posy Christian band. Or yeah, something. sounds like a face down so, band or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I met Brian Hillhouse in passing, I think, a few times back then, and then we kind of like reconnected when Seraphim was a thing. Um, so yeah, the just like insane musicians. Those songs are ridiculous. The song with the banjo, pff, get out of here. <laughs> so silly, so good. So was this? So were these these uh, collaborations? Because you mentioned, well, I, I know there's a couple. There's a couple. Eva Hall and David Paul. I don't know if you mentioned them, but I know that they're. Mm-hmm. they're a hand in this with were, were were these collaborations that you like were more sorry I'm burping that's that's, that's the only go for it. were they like uh 
um, something you anticipated getting involved, like you you wanted to work with these people, so you were writing something to work with them for, or this, or you just had these songs, and it's like, oh, this this would be great with them. Why don't I reach out to them? How like how did these process? How did these link up? Um, truth be told, um, we had no intention of recording those songs at that time at all. Um, our buddy Iceman, who recorded the EP, and he recorded Chuck Liddell? our second record. What's up, Chuck Liddell? No, um, I know, I'm kidding. I don't actually. Like band <laughs> oh, <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> but he was like closing up shop and and moving out of town, um, and uh, I think we were like, oh fuck it, let's be the last recording you have, at, you know, at the place. And so we were like, fuck it, let's just finish these songs up, go record them, and we'll be the last thing out of Iceman Studios in South Florida. And then um, we did. I finished the vo- the vocals weren't even done, so I finished them way later. And then I was like, okay, well. Let's just have a bunch of vegans on the record because that'll be sick. Um, <laughs> Brian Hillhouse is obviously, uh, you know, a great person to have uh, in your corner. So we're like, great, Brian Hillhouse, solid. Let's get it. I've known Eva Hall for, you know, a million years when Bishop played the West Coast with Gather, um, and we did like five or six shows together or something. Um, and we've stayed in touch over the years, and she's just somebody that I really uh, appreciate. Uh, and look up to uh, as far as like animal rights community goes and just being in a hardcore band and being a woman in the hardcore scene especially at a time when that was kind of frowned upon right. uh, in the mid-2000s and uh, funny tour story just some wild stuff that happened back then um, not going to tell it uh, <laughs> but it was uh, definitely you know we seen some weird stuff back then uh, on that tour together um, but yeah, Eva is just a great fucking person. Um, super cool. Gather, obviously, amazing band. Um, David Paul, who is the other, one of the other guitar players in Remembering Never Now, he used to play in a band called Feral Lux. Um, he now does a band called El Jesus. And, um, what's the, it's a band that sounds like failure. I don't know why I'm forgetting their name. Um, but, um, he is just one of the most talented people. Um, that I know and his, his, he just has the best ideas uh, vocally and um, you know guitar work and stuff and he's just super creative so um, he helped out with uh, some stuff on the EP and he helped out with some stuff on the full length before that or the or there's nothing left for me here a yep. couple things here and there and he's probably going to help out with some vocal stuff on the next record um, just because you know he's like a per, a, another great person just having your corner. Hey, what do you think I can do for this? What, how can I expand this? How can I do this better? Um, and you know, just super creative, super cool dude. And um, yeah, just uh, I'm very lucky that all these people decided. Oh, this, let me contribute to this thing with these fucking jabronis. Um, did did and, this uh, all? Is, did they all happen? Um, like now? Is that? Is, were they part of the new recording process? No, that they're, they're, they're all they're part, part of the part original. Of the original, yeah. Yeah. So you, this all this stuff that was tracked is years old. Right, right. So yeah. do you, do you feel like this would have come out the way it did if it if the pandemic didn't happen? Um yeah, I think it was coming out regardless. Right. Um yeah, it was absolutely coming out regardless. Uh it would have been better if the pandemic never happened obviously in a lot of ways, yeah. but we would have been able to play shows um much sooner and we probably would have gotten it done faster, um realistically speaking. Um, it was a tough time though, like getting everything back in order. Um, cause I got true 
from the treatment, I had neuropathy. And uh, so my hand stopped working properly uh, for quite some time. So I couldn't, uh, I lost maybe 90% of the feeling in my hands, um, probably on my sixth treatment. Um, and that lasted up until maybe three or four months ago. Um, now I have like most of the feeling back in my hand. It's still not 100%. But um, so getting back to playing songs that are a little more intricate, a little more involved. Uh, was definitely a chore, and I had to like relearn how to play guitar with a handicap. It was pretty fucking terrible. Um, yeah, I'd imagine. I mean, like I yeah. like that's what like you say stuff like that, and I just kind of sit here like I don't, I don't even know how to how to respond to that. I don't know because I can't imagine what that's like. I'm, t- I, you know, where my thoughts immediately went, and this is how fucking stupid I am, and how I can't take anything seriously. I just started thinking about shoes and having to wear Velcro shoes again or something. Or like slip on. Yeah, no, like, I mean, <laughs> oh shit! Listen, I don't remember the last time I tied a shoe. Uh, <laughs> well, now you got an excuse, all right? A new pair of shoes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just leave them however, however they're gonna lay is how they're gonna be on my feet. I don't care. I'm not. I don't got time to tie fucking shoes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yes, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. um, but trying to put on a button-up shirt because, like, the um, when I was reception on you know uh, outside of treatment weeks, yeah, um, trying to put on a button-up shirt is fucking almost impossible because you can't feel the buttons or the holes and um yeah it was really fucking dumb um so yeah i would show up to practice and i would like gas out super early um just literally just moving my equipment i would just gas out um and then like we would be playing these songs and it just sounded like i was a child trying to figure out a, a guitar for the first time and I'm just like looking at my band, so like just like pathetically, like oh, I'm sorry, guys, this is I don't know what to say here. Like this is a thing, <laughs> so I gotta relearn how to play all these songs again. So I'm sorry this sounds like this, but hopefully it'll be better sometime. And um, yeah, and eventually, you know, I've been taking these vitamins and stuff that are encourage some healing of the nerves or some shit. I'm not sure, but um, I've been doing that and it's been working pretty well. I I guess because you know because it's working. I got, right. Yeah, I got a lot of feeling back, but there was a span of like somewhere between August and March where it was looking pretty fucking grim. That's a big but, span yeah, of time. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah, time to get discouraged, I'd imagine. Yeah. And that's where I broke the bulk of the record um, is in that time for the most part. Jesus. Well, with with this, with the EP, um, the language is the instrument of the empire. What, what does that mean? Where, where does that come from? And is there any significance to the title with what's what's on the cover uh yes actually um the whole layout is is uh it, it's uh, pretty topical to uh the topic essentially um but my last one of my last semesters in college i had like a latin american history class and um that was a phrase you um by um the spanish when they were trying to uh overtake uh, Latin American countries, then uh, Latin American countries. Um, so basically, the idea was uh, the best way to rule a people was through language. Uh, and then I kind of you got to wrap your head around that in some form or fashion. And then you realize, oh well, we do that today still, very much so, uh, with everything that's normalized around us. So uh, we are indoctrinated into all of our norms. I think we might have talked about this before. Um, just everything, all the parts of our lives are kind of just laid out for us and, and planned and plotted. And this is what's going to happen. This is normal. This is cool. This is chill. Um, and uh, so 
with that for the cover, obviously, it's the nuclear family, mm-hmm. which is a very normalized idea in any type of DVA. I mean, now, obviously, it's, it's a little different, but the that was the quintessential uh, best-case scenario uh, model for the American family for, you know, decades and decades and decades. Um, clearly, she didn't like that no more, and it hasn't been, <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't even then, but just broken families or families with different colored people or um, same-sex people or whatever uh, have always been frowned upon um, because we have this language that says, okay, well, this is normal, so everything that's not this is abnormal. Everything is not this, we can treat differently. Anything that's not this, we can treat lesser than us. Um, So, I mean, inside the layout, there's just uh, there's some, uh, like, American propaganda ads and stuff just about how great America is and how great it is to be an American and this and that. Um, and the lyrics very much, you know, uh, it's a lot about normalization of things that should not fucking be normal and normalized. Um, the first song is, um, is political as political as it is personal for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and it can be on, in, on two different, um, on two different fields. Um, it's just kind of like that line that's pushed, to what you're going to be good with or uh, what someone's going to put you through essentially um, and, and how far you're going to go and how far you're going to acquiesce to someone else's uh, demands or someone else's standards. Um, and that, you know, that works in a, you know, in a romantic romantic relationship uh, and that works in the just socio political field um, where the boundaries keep getting pushed. Um, and that's something that we've been, you know, we've been fighting so much for equality for so long, um, different groups, I should say. Uh, and yeah. there really hasn't been much change. It's incremental, the smallest incremental change. Um, and it's like, we're, we've, we've been struggling so long with all these problems. Um, and not much has changed since the sixties or since the fifties. Um, but, um, yeah. So second song is about veganism and, uh, normalizing the idea of, relying on animals for food and you know the suffering they go through and we're just like totally fine with it it's it's chill you know what i mean like as long as it's not me or it's not my dog i don't care what happens to other animals um and the third song is just um basically a critique on the line that we're okay with when it comes to um how do i say this i'm trying to find the best the most descriptive way to do it um just basically about the big American lie that we're just normalized all these weird parts of culture that um, are very much against our own interests. Um, yeah. Bootleg culture, all the fucking Blue Lives Matter bullshit, um, you know, the prison system, and, you know, all these different weird aspects of our lives that we're faced with every single day. Um, and we just normalized the idea that, like, you know, cops do a good job and they, they're just here to protect us. Or, that, you know, eating fast food 10 times a day, that shit's fine. Um, you know, whatever it is. And, and people are just like, yeah, no, this is fine. This is the way it's always been. So this is how we're going to keep running it. And it's like, ah, maybe you should bring that back to the drawing board, dog. Just cool out a little bit. Think about it. Learn about it. Don't spout off about shit you don't understand. Um, which is a big thing that people don't take into consideration. Um, and, you know, not to jump off complete topic, but, um, you know, ever since Donald Trump was a 
it's like embarrassing. I almost feel going off a little bit. Um, ever since this dumb fuck was the president, um, everything is so sensationalized and people feel so emboldened and people feel that they can talk about things that they have no authority talking on. Um, and they do it with such conviction, even though they're wrong and fucking dumb. It's so fucking weird. Um, it is. Like it, people talk about, I got, I got, I, I, I've been, I have been policing myself with this a lot more. All right. Not necessarily mm-hmm. political, social, like any, anything that matters just in mm-hmm. normal fucking converse conversations in my house with my family, usually with my wife mm-hmm. where she'll like today, she went to the doctor. She's got a little cold thing going on and uh, they mm-hmm. prescribed her some medicine. And I was like, yeah, well that's, that does the same thing that, that the NyQuil was doing. Do you know how much mm-hmm. I know that? I don't fucking have any idea. I have no clue. I just say it. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Yeah. And like, I catch myself like, what? Don't listen to me. I like, I don't know how that becomes default. And uh, I've talked about this before uh, with other people where I'll say like somebody will say something about the weather and I'll be like, no, it's not going to rain tomorrow. I don't think so. And like, based on what? I yeah. didn't even look. Like, I'm just. Like, yeah. It's just like this. I, uh, yeah, you know, I I know. I think Why? it's a little different. That that kind of situation, I think you might be looking for uh, like an answer to a problem or uh, a side avenue. No, 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 no. What I'm going so, off of is is me me coming up with oh I know because I've I've got the tiniest bit of information and yeah. so now I'm confident yeah. enough to tell you that you're wrong <laughs> and I'm yeah. right based on a headline. You know, like based on based yeah. on somebody said it. I heard somebody say it, so that's the way it is. And like like I said, yeah. it's just on a smaller scale. It's just something that I like, yeah. I myself have seen. But but the thing that I found interesting about when I and I'm sorry, I totally cut you off on this thing. But when I oh, when no, I was listening good. to boot poisoning, like um, you know, just catching because I wasn't I don't have the lyrics for this, so just just catching what I can catch. And you know, fortunately, mm-hmm. listen to heavy music for long enough, it's it's pretty easy. But but the uh, but what I did catch, and I'm thinking like, oh, okay, this for songs that I think were recorded a few years ago, they sound pretty relevant to now, and I think that is ridiculous that I think that like because <laughs> it's just because like it's all it's about like I don't know I don't, I don't know how how I can make this make sense because you and I both know coming up um, or being part of the hardcore scene for years is there's always been songs about not being about, you know, like anti-police, anti-racism, you know, mm-hmm. anti, like the shit's always existed, but now it's just more, mm-hmm. now it's just more, uh, uh, popular, I guess. It's just more part of the mainstream culture to be anti this, that, and the other thing. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It's, oh yeah. I mean, it, it's always yeah. been, it's always been fuck the police since right. day one. Right. Um, when I was a child and like, it, you know, it feels weird to say that cause one of my cousins that I'm fucking really close with is a cop and we didn't talk, we didn't speak for a year and change cause he didn't want to, um, he, he, he didn't want to listen to my anti-cop rhetoric. Um, and that's fair. I mean, right. I, you know, he why said, would he, you know, you know? he yeah. And, and that's very fair. I, I wouldn't expect him, you know, to follow me on social media while I'm saying, you know, fuck this and fuck that. Um, I get it. And that's fine. And I said, listen, my man, like, I love you to death. I, that doesn't mean I have to love or like or respect your job. And that's fine. I was like, no matter what, whenever you want to talk again, that's fine. Look, we can do it. I love you. Don't forget that. And, uh, you know, we didn't talk for like a year and change. And then one day it was cool. And he came and we don't, we don't talk about it. Um, 
you know, it's definitely weird because even like the first time I hung out with him one on one, it was kind of strange just because I don't. I mean, I, he's my cousin. Obviously, I know he's not going to try and do any slick shit. Um, right. But I've never felt easy, uh, or I've never felt safe with cops. My run-ins when I was a child, when I was doing nothing wrong, were never positive. Um, one time, this fucking cop abducted me when I was like twelve, and like put my bike in the back of his car and then drove me somewhere somewhere else in South Florida um, and then dropped me off somewhere else that I, in a strange place, I had no idea where I was and then uh, said it was because I fit the description of someone that pushed someone in front of a train. It's like, are you fucking joking? Wow. Dude, I'm fucking 12 years old. What, like, what do you think this is? And like, we used to have to walk to shows all the time when we were little kids because we didn't have a car. So one time we walked to a show and we got fucked with by cops three times. Um, one of which tried to say, oh, you fit the description of someone that just robbed a house. It's like, dog, are you fucking joking? Do you see us carrying around TVs or silverware or whatever people feel out of someone's house? Like, the fuck out of here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, now it's like a, a popular thing to be anti-cop, but it's like, I mean, it doesn't take the dumbest person in the world to uh, understand that, you know, cops are there for a job. They're there to protect capitalism, and that's just what it is. And they're, they they do, that whether uh, someone wants to agree that they're killing people or uh, policing one type of people more than another, um, whether they want to say that they're doing their job or not, they're absolutely doing the job that they're meant to do, um, which is um, protect capitalism and the whole, you know, the system as we know it to keep to maintain the status quo. That's it. That's their job. They don't. They don't solve crimes per se. Once, yeah, it's possible, but they don't prevent crimes because they come in after the crimes already been committed. So, you know, the person said, "What good did this cop do?" Like, not much. And, and uh, you know, people should be bringing it back to the drawing board and having an understanding of why are crimes being committed? Oh, because people are fucking poor. Why are people poor? Because of fucking capitalism. Because the capitalism that we know it destroys lives and mental health. Uh, you know, dependency on a partner, which is why a lot of women stay in really shitty relationships because they don't get paid as much as men. They get treated like shit at jobs. Um, so, you know, all it's nothing is on accident here. Um, and all this stuff, again, is normalized in our life. And we don't question these things uh, because it's so normal. It's been going on. That's the way it's always been. And um, we just let it rise. And that's where like nationalism comes in and patriotism and people are really fucking amped on America. It's like, that's great. What do you amped on? And then you got to break people down a few pegs and, you know, tell them like, Hey, okay, well I get it. That's cute. That, that idea is really great. However, oftentimes they say, well, if you don't like it here, go somewhere else. It's like, bitch, you never left the tri-county area. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's really disheartening to see so many people that are really all guns blazing, pro-American, don't think about anything, um, super anti-communism, anti-Marxism, whatever that means. Um, and it's like, dog, did you even read the manifesto? Because if not, don't open your mouth about it. Like, it's fine that you have this idea of what this is. Don't talk about it if you don't know anything about it, aside from what you heard from any propaganda news stations uh, or your stupid fucking uncle telling you some dumb shit. Like, I get it. Like, it's the real big scary monster in the room, uh, and we're all supposed to hate it. But the only reason it, it's been, um, you know, the propaganda has been so strong against it, is because it is a direct threat to capitalism, and it's 
you know, people maintained uh, the uh, wages of their own work, then capitalism would cease to exist as we know it. Um, so that's why, you know, in the 50s, there was like the, the, the big witch hunt for all the communists and stuff. And, you know, that's because they were like, oh, shit, if we don't put a stop to this now, we might lose our spots. And uh, yeah. so I just went way far on that one. So sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's good because it's, because it explains like the the, the one it, it to me that explains how all these things even though it's like even though there's only three songs on this EP, it feels big. It's it, but it's all centralized around one idea, like you said, um, yeah. normalization. Um, and but it, but but it comes. But there's a few different, maybe not perspectives, but a few different issues that it touches on. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, I think that's interesting. And like you said, the songs are all long. They're um, it's like 25 minutes long just for three songs, right? Mm-hmm. But that's but that's uh, that's cool. That's what I expect from from you guys at this point. The 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 um, the, the EP has been available digitally now for what a couple weeks, maybe two weeks or something, right? I think two weeks, maybe three weeks. And you said response has been good, and 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 you're expecting um, to do a, a physical release, right? Yeah, it, uh, we got the test presses approved like months ago. Um, just got back from the plant. It's looking like physical records will be here in December. That's not bad for, for the way it's been going. I know some people that have been waiting a year yeah. for for to get their records pressed. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah it's so. just like they well, they originally said it was supposed to be in our hands this month, um, but I figured okay, well, probably early September. Yeah, no, well, you know what, September, Pete? I bought a couch twenty seven weeks ago. Do you know uh-oh. that I'm staring at a room with no couch in it right now? 27 oh, fuck. fucking weeks. Well, we're not okay. We're not quite at 27. We're at like week 25 right now. So I'm really anticipating week 27. When you say weeks, it makes us sound less than months. Yes, yeah, six so, six months in one day, one week. I think is, is what it is. That's I would say I would say do the month thing. Be like, oh, it's been over <laughs> six months, or be like, it's a, it's been over half a year, and I'm still waiting. I think the year over the several weeks is like, all right, man. If you're waiting almost a year for a couch, like fuck that. That's crazy, uh, you know. But we, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's got the right dimensions. So, Pete, you do what you can when you got to. Yeah, I mean, do what you need when to you got to fit a, you got to fit some things places. You got to make sure you get what you need, and you know, you buy a golly, you're going to wait six that's, years for whatever you need. That's you right. I mean? We got it all measured out. All the rest of the furniture is here, Pete. And when that couch gets here, it's going to fit perfectly. My wife said to me the other day, "What if we don't like it? I was like, we have to. That's not an option. We you're like going to have to like it. We like Listen, it. No matter in what. six years, when you get that couch, you're going to love it." <laughs> It's going to be the best fucking And it's going to be brand new, and all the other stuff's going to be like mad used up. You're going to have to replace the rest of it, and that's going to take another six years. That's all right. But it's going to be solid when when it all comes together. It's going to be solid. (laughs) Until then. Well, hey, so the one last thing I wanted to ask you about. um, A few few weeks ago, maybe maybe a month ago, you posted two videos for House of Strangers and This House is a Tomb of Memories. Um, Mm -hmm. Other than making a comment that you sounds like you're trying to get on HGTV, uh, you also <laughs> made the comment that you were now that this is the first of three waves of shit, I believe, you, um, from Ether Coven. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. is it safe to assume that this EP is wave two? Correct. And I assume we can't say what wave three is, right? You're just, that's Correct. Still well, I already hinted at it. Yeah, and I think I know what knows. it is because I think you hinted at it online too. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the, the third, the third thing is just us recording and, 
you know, the next label and the next phase and this and that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like the next thing. There are some little things that are popping up in the meantime, though, that are really exciting um, that have to do with the EP. Because once the EP was released, people were like, oh, shit, this is kind of cool. Let me see what I can do with this. So um, we are having a tape release, which we were only intended for this to be out on uh, 12-inch. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, we were thinking about doing tapes, and we were thinking about doing um, CDs, but we were just like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do like a one-and-done press and just be done with it and then put it out. It'll be out digitally. It'll be on Bandcamp, whatever. Um, but um, Shade Beast out of Georgia wanted to put a tape out, super limited, like 30 copies or something. Yeah. And then um, and they do like a special case that's like a, just all-black layout. It looks cool as fuck. I haven't seen it in real life yet. Because uh, our bass player has all the tapes at his house and hasn't uh, brought any to practice. Um, but um, we are, I don't know if it's too early to announce, so I won't say who's putting it out on CD. Um, but, but someone is. Supporters, yeah. Some supporters <laughs> of us, of ours, for years and years and years, um, have, it started out as a blog, I believe, and then started uh, putting out records and stuff uh, based out of the UK and Europe. Um, so they're going to be doing a CD release and then, uh, a tape release also is going to be, uh, an official tape release that's, um, a little less limited than what Shade Beast did. Uh, and it'll follow the layout of the record, um, that's going to be out from a good friend that I've known for years and years and years, um, in California, who has a little label that puts out a lot of cool shit. Um, you know, so... That'll all be popping off in a bit, um, and it'll be announced whatnot when it's time. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a lot more than than uh, what was expected, but it's very cool, especially for just a little three song. Well, a big three song release like this to get all that. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely. I understand it's easier to digest, like you know, a short thing, three songs uh, for us is you know it's short for us. Right. Um, and but we're you know like I said, we we understand that we are absolutely not everyone's cup of tea. We are definitely a difficult pill to swallow because we are we have like ridiculous long songs and it's like um we try to incorporate like the best of all these weird worlds about you know like uh super artsy nerd stuff also mixed with uh just absolute knuckle dragging brutality um and have like a pretty good contrast of those two things um so i mean the next record is going to be absolutely no different only just a little bit faster in a lot of parts um, so I'm really looking forward to getting these, uh, you know, on tape and, uh, getting it, uh, out so we can start playing shows with more new songs. Cause you know, literally for the last record we played or for the last tour, we had uh, one record out for one month, uh, on this tour and we only played off that record for one month. And now we have a whole new record that's about to come out. Um, <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty fun but well you know, speaking of that that's and, the, uh, what's up as I speaking of that and uh we can end it on this one now that uh things are what they are right now right now whatever the fuck that means exactly um are you playing shows is there tours planned what what's the what's the future as far as live shows either coming our first show back is september 10th and that's going to be at respectables uh with a bunch of buds and then we're playing at the beginning of october at our resident house uh the poor house in fort lauderdale and then the end of the month we go to chicago to record and then we might be doing a weekend or 
with some friends that I can't announce yet because it hasn't been announced. Um, of just like three shows on the East Coast because uh, I think the band is all from different areas, um, so they can only kind of get together and do you know you know small things. But um, yeah, let me see what else do we have. We're supposed to be going out for a couple weeks for an East Coast run at the beginning of the year. So uh, in that time, hopefully we'll be able to go do our promo stuff for the full length and have that ready. And then, you know, so we'll see what we got going on. But as of right now, we just have a very few shows. And then um, we're shooting to do something in early 2022. Well, that's awesome. And I'm glad, it sounds like you sounds like you plan to be busy. And uh, that's very cool. I hope it all works out because we know how shit falls apart now out of, out yeah. of nowhere. One thing I... It, it, you know, not to fucking toot my own horn or anything, but uh, I've, I I didn't realize how wild my work ethic was until I realized I, or until I thought I was going to die. And then I was like, you know what? We got to do things. We just got to go, 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 go. Because like in the thick of like just ending my treatment, um, we went up and shot three videos uh, with our friend Karen um, in October. Uh, it's just like, and just like that's unreal. And like the whole time I was in treatment, I was just writing as much as I possibly could. Um, cause it was like very therapeutic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And it's just like, now it's like go time. It's like super go time. And you know, we may not be active because you can't really be an active band per se during a global pandemic. Um, but, um, I mean on the, like the behind the scenes is just, you know, steady work and just doing, you know, everything that I possibly can. And, you know, we've been kind of putting everything together, you know, for the EP and then for the full length coming out. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. I think in my old age and, you know, dealing with the possibility of dying, um, you look at things totally different and you realize, oh shit, like if I don't do this now, it may never get done, you know, because death. And, uh, so fuck it. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's, let's get up, pick off all this shit and throw it somewhere and see what happens. And that's kind of where we're at now, you know?
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Peter Kowalski of Ether Coven. Pleasure to talk to him again. The song you just heard was The Bolt or The Blade from their new EP. Language is the instrument of the empire available everywhere right now. You can go order the physical copies and uh, you can just listen to the digital shit wherever you listen to digital shit. Um, I want to thank everybody who checked out last week's episode. Uh, that was one of the best performing episodes I've had in a while, and it was for a good cause. And uh, subsequently, the GoFundMe page that has now raised, I think as of Sunday night on August 22nd, it is up to $28,000, um, which is uh, the original goal was 25. So they moved the goalpost to 40 to get things, to get more things done, to fund more of it. And it's a great idea. I've been talking to MC behind the scenes here, getting some input on what they are planning to do and how he's planning to do it. And it all starts with needing money. So if you can go to that GoFundMe um, Skid Row Garage fundraiser page and donate a couple bucks, I'm sure that would help. Okay, but that's it for this one. You can always go follow the podcast at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast on Instagram and Facebook.com slash getting it out podcast. There is also the Twitter at getting it out pod where you'll get reposts from the other socials, but that's about it. And uh, yeah, there's a Patreon too, patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. I don't feel like trying to sell you on that right now. If you are, are a Patreon subscriber or want to be, I totally appreciate that. It, it, it genuinely, genuinely is uh, very helpful and it means a lot to me. Okay, so I'm going to end this one with a song from Gainesville, Florida Trio Thunderclap. The song is called Morcus and it's off of their upcoming 7-inch uh, called uh, Morcus. And it's going to come out in Ashtray Monument, and it's pretty cool. Check it out, and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.